1: hello and welcome to the professional book nerds podcast presented by overdrive this is joe hi hello Today we are so excited to be sharing comics, graphic novels, manga with you once again. Uh, For our library friends listening, there is a huge sale going on on Overdrive Marketplace where you can find most, if not all, of the titles we talk about today on some really great sales. Uh, And for those of you readers out there who are listening, hopefully you'll find some new recommendations in what we have to bring to you today. Joining me, Jill is here. And then we also got the band back together from our last comics episode. I've got Quentin and Kristen. Hello, everyone. Hey. Hello.
2: Hi. Sorry.
1: <laughs> like, yep.
3: Join <laughs> any Technical
2: issues. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> gotta love it. Um You never know what to expect. So today we are just going to go through and shout out our current comic reads or some ones we're excited to check out. So uh, if it's something that's on your list, you haven't read it yet, but you're really looking forward to it, we want to hear that. If it's something you've been reading and loving for a long time.
0: I'll go. Um, So I'm going to talk about Witches by Scott Snyder, and this is Witches with a Y, And it is by Image Comics. It came out in 2014, and it is a disturbing horror comic, which is very much up my alley, something I love. This is the story of a family who moves to a new town to start a new beginning, as a lot of good horror stories start. um, After a tragic event happened in their daughter's past, they want a fresh start. And it turns out that the town that they moved to has some ancient evil entities that live in the woods. And it is incredible. It's such a good story. The creatures that live in the woods, the witches are very disturbing, really creepy. And this is just a story that you start reading and you just, I remember reading this years ago and being like, this is amazing. This is what horror comics can be like. The images are fantastic. And Scott Snyder is a great writer. A lot of people probably know him for his Batman stuff. But this is a great book. I would suggest it to anyone who wants something uh, a little more on the horror side of things.
1: Kristen coming in strong again with horror. You brought up Genji Ito last time, and I think everyone who's talked to me has said I had to, after that I had to pick it up. I, I can think of like three different people who were like, "Did you read it yet? Did you get through Shiver? Because that that changed me." <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I might have alive. a
0: couple more horror picks on the list today, so stay tuned.
1: Excellent. There's nothing that screams summer to me more than like just some good horror thriller picks. All right, who wants to who wants to hop in next?
2: I will because I also have a horror one which I was not expecting to have on my list. But when I was going through, I was like, "Oh, this is one. This is good." So my first one is "Ever After" by Olivia Buig. This is about two girls, Vivi and Eva. And it's an apocalypse, of course, and they um are sort of stranded between two safe zones. They're one town um, and they have to get medicine to get from the other town. And to do that, they have to cross across the countryside, which is filled with um, the undead. We got zombies. And both are sort of dealing with their own kind of personal um, um, things that are kind of holding the back or setting up uh, barriers. Vivian is struggling with grief and guilt over the loss of her sister. And Eva is um, hiding the start of a horrifying transformation. She's uh, it's not really a spoiler because it happens early. She's she's bitten by a zombie early in the book. And, and as they're traveling together, they both have these inner demons, but also are being chased by zombies who want to kill them to try and get to this like kind of idea of a promised land um, that they are hoping they will find at the end of this journey. And it was so good. And and just sort of like watching these two girls, um, struggle and, and figure things out together and apart. They're very different individuals and there's some, you know, of that friction. And as they are dealing with these personal things, how that is coming out into their relationship and also the choices they make, um, as they're crossing the countryside. So this came out um, in 2020 by Lerner Publishing Group. And I loved the illustrations and it's definitely one of those books that's really good at, um, there's a lot of scenes with that don't have any um, like speech bubbles and you just rely very heavily on the images of what is being told and does a phenomenal job of sort of progressing this story
0: along.
1: What a really cool concept
0: is it uh, juvenile YA or adults?
2: Um, it's young adults, yeah. They're they're oh. like teenage age, I would guess. Teenage age. Wow, that makes sense. I <laughs> believe they're sort of like teenagers. Um uh, uh Eva is sort of a little bit older. I get the sense that Vivi is maybe like sixteen and Eva's maybe eighteen. I don't know if they actually give their ages, but they're they're teenagers.
3: I mean <clears throat> in general I find um Publishers are terrible at classifying comic books. They're either like all young adult, which they're very definitely not, or you know what I mean? Well, Quentin, do you want to give us your first book? Sure. I didn't have any um strictly horror books in mind. Uh, <laughs> but I have one that might seem horrific to some. Uh I, I it's been on my reading list for a long time, and I've just recently started it. So I'm not very far in, but uh, It's uh, Deadly Class, which is uh, by Image Comics, and um, it's created by Rick Remender, and uh, uh, there's a really great bit in the uh, intro by the creator, or no, by a guy commenting on it. It's set in a high school, right? And the opening sentence of like the intro blurb to this is, like, or the opening paragraph, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but in order for you to have hated high school so much that there have to be others out there who loved it. I mean, right? Somebody was having a grand time at this place that you're forced to go to, can't leave, and no one of authority takes you seriously, all while a rigid social order is being established so that the cream of the crop can crush everyone beneath them. What's that sound like? Life? No. In real life, you can leave. You can call a cop or a lawyer. No one comes to your cubicle at work and rams your head into your computer screen. So what's that sound like? Like prison, right? So like it's it's interesting because like the 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 way that this person has interpreted uh, and this is uh, David Lapham, uh, the way that he's interpreted the book is like, yeah, it's a it's about a school uh, that teaches kids to be assassins for crime families, right? But it's a high school, and all the high school things still happen even though it's a very different high school, there's still the loves, the hates, the feuds, they talk about movies and stuff, but they're also learning to kill people. But like, it doesn't really change the fact that high school still kind of sucks in a lot of ways. So, so, I mean, my, my high school experience wasn't the worst, but I can still empathize with it. Like I got made fun of just because I like to read books, like how terrible of me. Oh God. Um, And uh yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I I thought that was a really interesting premise and and a really interesting take on it. Um, and I've heard the comic book series is great. I've read the first volume, and it's definitely uh, I mean the first uh, issue, and it's definitely um, n- not sunshine and roses, but uh, the the social and the social and and even political commentary, like right in that first issue is, is, is excellent. It's well done and it's not forced. It's just a part of the story. And it's, uh, it's good so far. And the artwork's really cool.
1: That's awesome. High school, yet another type of horror story. (laughs) Exactly. So that's why I went with that one first. I was trying to stick a little bit to the theme. Uh. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I did. I, I did have one that I guess you could classify as horror on my list. A little little child me is so excited this is death note short stories by sagumi oba <sighs> first off i'd be remiss if i didn't say uh the duffer brothers are doing a live action adaptation series of death note on netflix so i'm already hyped and then to see that they just they just produce some like short stories and the cover you know It got me, and I'm always ready for more Death Note content. But if you are unfamiliar, uh, this is the Death Note, the whole series is a story of a a person who sets out to kind of like. kill bad people you know he's vigilante justice but he does it through the power of a notebook that if you write someone's actual first and last name in it they uh die of a heart attack within a certain amount of time so it's untraceable and he goes on basically this killing spree um and there's there's a lot of just fascinating twists turns and other plots i mean his father is involved in the case and um the people around him are he's like anyway this is short stories broken off of it and the description of course is is kira's story that's what he was known as kira was the killer truly over or does his influence linger in this complete collection of death note short stories penned by the series creators discover tales of lives irrevocably changed by the sinister influence of the death note with surprising and thrilling answers to the questions of what it truly takes to use it or fight it Contains stories C, Kira, A, Kira, the Death Note pilot chapter, vignettes of L's life, and more. So we're going to get some answers. We're going to get some background. Just the right way to do a prequel and one I'm just dying to read immediately. Full pun intended. Uh, this one is rated teen plus. Uh, so that's like the kind of 16 and up. Um, that comes from the publisher. Uh, of course, it's just themes. I don't know. Uh, the, the series overall, this is the like, this would probably be slapped with YA, but like we were talking about, you got to hit the right age of YA. There's there's a lot in there. But that's uh, Death Note Short Stories.
0: Have you read the full series then, Joe? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I... Uh, was mad at myself that I didn't know about this sooner I can't be too mad because it came out May 10th but it was like it was just a an exciting little treat to see that like oh wait how I, I'm looking at too many other books if I missed this I guess I
0: look forward to
1: Exactly. And now I have another thing to add to my reading list. Um, My reading list is so long. You got to quit doing this to me. (laughs) (laughs) I know.
3: I already have manga on my list. I haven't gotten to. (laughs) Quentin, I'm
1: here to challenge you. You got to read them.
2: (laughs) Hazard of the job. It's hazard of the job. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Um, So I'm going to lean into the action adventure. I feel like Quentin and Joe have been giving me. Um, and I want to talk about Sex Castle by Kyle Starks. Um, this is by Image Comics. It came out in 2014. And it is basically a parody of action movies from like the 80s and 90s. This is, is a great chip. Yes, it is hilarious. It is so much fun. Um, it basically uses the trope of, you know, the action hero who says, like, he's done killing, he is out of the game, but then the game just pulls him back in. Um, it feels very much like you are watching one of those movies as you are reading this book. And uh, the author, Kyle Starks, just does a really great job of taking all of those scenes that you're used to seeing uh, of, like, the romance and, you know, the bloody deaths and the weird people in and out of the scenes and he puts it in these and it is just so funny. It is profane. um, But it is exactly what I wanted at the time when I read it. And I've never heard anyone else talk about it. So I would highly suggest if you're looking for something that's just really fun, if you need a little bit of nostalgia pick this one up. I loved it.
3: Yeah, that sounds awesome. It's kind of timely. There's the new um, bullet train movie starring Brad Pitt, which is not, which is not like I haven't seen it yet, uh, but I'm excited about it, but it looks like it's kind of that thing. It's an action movie. The guy gets pulled back in, but the movie's not taking itself too seriously, which is key. uh, According Mm -hmm. to the previews based on what I've seen. So I don't know. It's got that kind
1: of vibes. So maybe yeah, yeah. maybe uh, reading Sex Castle ahead of it, it's a uh, it's a good primer. That was the first thing I thought of when once you said hey, he got out of the game, but he has to get back into yeah. it. I was like, okay, I, I'm yeah. I'm sold. <laughs> when I when I originally
3: started it and looked at the cover and stuff, even though it's not like the same visuals, I was thinking like Last Action Hero and uh, um, True Lies, like that kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger era. Both of those movies are kind of. Like true lies didn't take itself too seriously, obviously. And and last action here was just a blatant like mockery of the of the genre, but also still in that genre, which was fun. But yeah. Anyway, Sex Castle seems like a great primer for bullet train. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm looking at it now and the guy kind of looks like Brad Pitt with like an eye patch. So I feel like the bullet the bullet train thing is not that far off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um well so for my second one I'm gonna take us in a completely different direction but that's okay um and this is a juvenile um comic book called It's Me and is the first book in the Catwad series by Jim Benton these are hilarious so this is about um Catwad he's blue he's kind of grumpy and his best friend is a dim-witted cat named Blurp who always sees like the bright side of things. Whereas Catwad's like, no, life is terrible and awful. And what is wrong with you? And it, there, the, the books are just like these very short little vignettes of the two of them. Um, and I like it cause it kind of, you know, plays on that dynamic that we see with like Garfield and Odie or um, heart and brain from awkward Yeti. And um, they're, it, they're just so cute and funny and I love, I I love any kind of grumpy character, like grumpy characters, especially grumpy characters for children are just delightful to me. And I don't know why, probably because I was like a grumpy, sarcastic kid. And I'm like, yes, we need that more for that for children. <laughs> so there's several of them. Uh, I think there's four books um, for for Catwad um, published by Scholastic. This came, The first one came out in 2019. And yeah, they're just these cute little interactions between them where uh catwad is just like everything is awful and blurb's like rainbows and sunshine and uh, just the dynamic is is hilarious
1: you can't be mad at a name like catwad that's fantastic and also you said jim benton and i went jim benton and then immediately flashes of dear dumb diary franny k stein like it all came just shooting back at me with some, some earlier works and he's always incorporated some amount of just like really cool illustration
2: yes they're i different. love that
1: yeah sounds good um had to pick that
3: up for my uh my son read it to him they'll like that um for my book my next one i think i want to roll with some nostalgia um so last time that we had a comic conversation um i mentioned that i was a massive teenage mutant ninja turtles kid i loved it i was obsessed uh and it it introduced me and i talked about the the batman crossover uh last time which by the way excellent still recommend it highly it's so good um it's surprisingly good uh but anyway the Ninja Turtles introduced me to several characters. Um, and, uh, I wanted to talk about another one that I happened to see during the, I was looking through the list of the comic sale for, for inspiration. And, uh, there are several Savage Dragon comics on there. And, uh, I always really liked the Savage Dragon and I got introduced to him, um, through enter the Savage Dragon, which was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. Uh, and, uh, that's a fun one. Um, but there's a couple Savage Dragon ones, uh, in the list, I, I, they're all really good, and the reason they're all really good—and I didn't know this before—I did a little sleuthing, but they—it is the largest um, single-run, longest comic book run with a single creator, uh, I believe, ever. Um, so the uh, Eric Larson, who has done it, has done every, has done every single comic book except for one issue um, with the Savage Dragon and uh that's really cool uh and th- there's a lot of continuity and the character doesn't really like a lot of times in comic books you'll get some suddenly someone will have a different personality a bit or uh or change ethos or gain a new power or uh but the savage dragon's been really consistent and that's that's really cool uh, i've not read the whole run but i've read a bunch of it it's been a long time um but i recommend it it's it's a good comic book for those that don't know, he's he's. Uh, kind of a big green dude with a with a mohawk looking Finn uh who is a police officer in Chicago he wakes up with amnesia in a burning field doesn't know where he was and becomes a cop and protects people um and uh he teams up with lots of people throughout but uh it's uh it's pretty fun it's it's just like an old-school action adventure comic it's uh it's it's cool because he has amnesia so you don't really get the origin story doesn't get told for a long time. And because it's had that same consistent creator, it doesn't. It's not forced and there's not a bunch of prequels and there's not it's just here's the series, <laughs> which is which is
1: refreshing sometimes. I think that's really cool. Really cool to see that one person can kind of just spearhead their whole vision kind of all the way through. And the fact that there's yeah. still so many recent issues yeah, um, it started
3: in 1982 and is still being published. There's still issues wow. being published.
1: And when you think of like, oh, all the different variations of X-Men comics and and everything else that's happened since then to see one person, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So I was mm-hmm. contemplating talking about it. Then when I read that back, I'm like, well, that's cool. I got it. Oh. oh yeah. Let's How can you picture. pass up that? <laughs> Uh, So I guess I'll trade monster for monster. My next uh, recommendation is Kaiju number eight by Naoya Matsumoto. Uh, In Japan, monsters known as Kaiju regularly attack. The Japanese defense force is tasked with taking them out and protecting their country. After their town was destroyed by Kaiju when they were children, childhood friends uh, Kafka Hibino and Mina Ashiro both vowed to become members of the defense force. Mina has become famous as a commander of the defense force's third unit, but Kafka has failed the examination numerous times and is a member of the cleanup crew, Monster Sweeper Inc. It's their job to dispose of the monster's dead bodies after battle. After a small talking monster flies into his body via his mouth, Kafka gains the ability to turn into a giant monster himself, which gets dubbed Kaiju number eight by the Defense Force. Kafka remains fully cognizant while in the form, but gains superhuman strength and becomes the first monster to escape the Defense Force. Um, this, uh, the English release of the series was first released in December of 2021. Uh, volume two just came out in April and it looks like we can anticipate about six overall volumes. It looks like, um, and believe me, it's not lost to that. The person who goes through, let's say a metamorphosis is named Kafka <laughs> and, and all of a little on the nose, but we'll take it. And for the you know for the listeners who can't see as everyone just went mm, mm-hmm, yep, <laughs> there it is <laughs> nods all around yeah yep
3: that's yeah. i'm a sucker for kaiju stuff um yeah I, so i have to check that
1: out i like this odd interpretation of um like what happens after the battles are fought you know the fact that there are people cleaning up after all of these kaiju battles um and and what exactly that looks like you know i i I, what is it the boys that like kind of uh, the show that kind of looks at what if superheroes were like kind of bad um so so it all they all have that different energy of just you know let's let's think about the the aftermath and uh you know i also love a i love a the story of a, of a failure kind of doing something that's never been done so he goes from not being able to join his best friend in the defense force all the way to being the only monster to ever escape them that's yeah, that does sound good definitely uh, and it's an easy buy-in there's only two volumes out so far sure volume three is like upcoming but on on the English end if you're just reading the translated version you only have two to get through so (laughs) it's not too much to add to your TBR.
0: Yeah Um, so I want to talk about Hark a Vagrant by Kate Beaton. Um, I love Kate Beaton. I originally started reading her stuff when she was doing web comics and Hark a Vagrant is a collection of some of those web comics. She has uh, another title called Step Aside Pops, which I have to say it like that because that's how I say it in my head. Um, This is by Drawn and Quarterly. It was published in 2011 and it's more of a comic strip style. So you can basically turn to any page and just read that strip. She basically like pokes fun at literary characters History. Um, She's Canadian, so she often also pokes fun at Canadian stereotypes. It is just so much fun. If you love literature, if you were an English major, um, this is a book I would highly suggest, or if you were a history major, I would really suggest picking it up. It's just a lot of the references are kind of obscure, which Sometimes I kind of really like that because then it makes me actually have to go do the research to be like, what is she talking about here? Who are these people? But it's very tongue-in-cheek. It's hilarious. I love her stuff. This is just an easy, fun read.
1: And w- what a name, Harka Vagrant.
0: I know, it's great. And I love, um, so the collection also includes some little like quips from her saying like why she wrote this comic. Because some of them you're like, this is really weird why would you do that and so she puts in there you know what inspired it um so yeah it's just it's really fun i love it my favorites are probably she does like nancy drew comic strips where she's basically making fun of like the cover images and she kind of makes nancy a bit of a bimbo in them which is fun it is a good time
1: (laughs) i love everything about that (laughs) (laughs) fantastic Jill
2: yes Um, my next one is uh, The Girl from the Sea by Molly Knox Ostertag this is a um, young adult that just came out last year published by Scholastic so this is about um, Morgan she's 15 years old she has this great friend group but she has a, a kind of a secret from them. She lives on a small island and she really just wants to leave um, and get away and sort of start over because uh, Morgan's big thing is that she is, um, I don't know if they actually use the word lesbian, but she is attracted to girls and she doesn't know how to explain this to her friends or her family or how any of this will actually work. And then one day she is saved um, from drowning by a mysterious girl named Kelty. And the two become friends and <clears throat> then they become more than friends. They're like, oh, we like each other. And life on the island doesn't seem so bad, but Morgan doesn't still doesn't know how to tell her friends that she has this girlfriend now, Kelty. And Keltie, um, we later find out fairly early, is that Kelty's a Selkie. So Kelty is only on land. She's able to come on land for a very brief period of time because she found and kissed Morgan and they sort of have to figure out how to navigate this, all of Morgan's friends, think Kelty is like this weird girl. Um, what I liked about it, just the story in general and sort of finding yourself, um, and dealing with those relationships of, you know, telling people and being okay with yourself and having that first love, um, the, the book or the the, the graphic novel opens actually with a text thread between Morgan and her friends. and these pop up throughout the the story of text conversations sometimes where Morgan is involved in the text thread and then there are separate conversations where Morgan is not involved in the text thread and her other friends are. And it just sort of like reminded me of that really awful time in high school. <laughs> like do my friends hate me are they talking about me behind my back oh they are but i don't know it's it just there's a lot of that teenage angst coming and um i i loved i loved this so much and there's just uh it's so much it's just delightful um and this idea of like selkies in just modern day um teenage girl it was just oh, there was there was nothing not to love about the girl from the sea
1: it's so bright and beautiful like the colors are super rich
2: yeah <laughs> uh,
1: and i love the text thread i love that uh it like it really puts you in the place of just like this is you if you forgot what this felt like this is what it feels like this
2: is what it feels like it's like color-coded you see their little images above so you can keep mm. track of it yeah i'm i opened it the first It was just like gonna read it i'm like okay i I'm on board with just opening with this. I'm like, I no matter what happens from here on out, I'm down with this story because you're opening with a text, a very colorful text thread between right. teenage girls. Like, yes, please. All of this is
0: working <laughs> for me. Yeah. I am here for a Selkie story. I really love uh, those mythological creatures. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can read about them in a comic. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yes, you can. And, and, you know, Kelty and like part of the story is Kelty is obviously from the sea. She feels very um, uh, protective of it, but up on land, there are human issues sort of intruding on um, the sea and there's like ecological concerns and all of that stuff that, that kind of comes into play in the story as well. So yes, very
0: enjoyable.
3: I uh, am going to change pace a little bit um, and uh, dare to go a little bit more mainstream. Um, and uh, I, I want to talk about the, the Wolverine limited series by uh, Chris Claremont with pencils by Frank Miller. Yes, that Frank Miller. Um, and uh, it was originally in 1982. And then they, they did like a combined, uh, they've done a few combined like graphic novel versions of it to to bring the issues together. But it was originally, like I said, written in 1882. And when I was a kid, I found this book in my brother's room and read it. And it was, uh, I was obsessed. I loved the X-Men. The, the 90s cartoon did that to me because it was amazing. Um, we've talked about that before. But the, uh, this, this specific uh, uh, series kind of taught me that that comic book superheroes could have some depth um and, and uh and, and that like there's there's whole long stories to be told that are cohesive and not super episodic and like you like it, it was the first graphic novel I think I ever read and um it 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 really got me into that as a I prefer graphic novels now I don't like the one-off issues as much or or uh, I'll I'll take the when they come out enough of them to give me a volume or it's a combined bunch of combined issues I'll get that um that's how i prefer to read them but uh this kind of kicked all that off and if if you don't know it's it's about wolverine's uh we'll call them adventures in japan um where he he, like talks about his like love mariko and like uh the complications around that and the family she's from and i don't want to give too much of it away but um it's it's uh there's there's a there's a kind of there's, there's this love story and the unattainable, uh, or unattainable is the wrong word. Um, a love story that's kind of destined to fail, you know? Uh, so there's, there's, there's some classic romantic tragedy going on there. Um, and Wolverine also fights ninjas, which is great. So like you kind of get, you kind of get some depth there, but you also get Wolverine fighting ninjas and, and, uh, it's cool. And it's not, um, it's not it's like his own journey after he's joined the x-men and 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 he comes back after it you know like and it kind of gives some color to his attitudes and why he's the way he is and uh and if you really start to think deeply about it like like how how his feelings of gene gray are complicated but also obvious and destined to happen so like it's 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 interesting in that um like i said it's i know it's a it's a bit more mainstream than we usually talk about, but um, Marvel's done a lot to push the, to push the comic book world into a place where we can talk about it and not be ostracized. Like when I was a kid reading comic books, it was like, what are you doing <laughs> now? It's like, yeah, did you read the new movies coming out? And it's, it's a, uh, and that's cool. It's not just Marvel, obviously, but uh, you know um, anyway, that, so I thought it would be cool to talk about that. Cause it's, It's the one that got me started in the more in-depth, bigger, deeper stories that are available in the comic book world.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, not only the great point just of like sometimes episodic can be tough. It's a lot easier when they're finally all brought together issue to issue into one big old volume. But also, I love to hear what gets people into what they read. You know, I I can't wait to one day ask you what started you on science fiction because I know there's a good story there, too. There is. <laughs> I'll be waiting for it. <laughs> so I am going to mirror Jill in just kind of like a, more of a, a childlike whimsy title for my next one. Um, and I, I guess, you know, it's just my childhood whimsy. Uh, this is Pokemon Adventures X and Y by Nori Kasaka. If you are unfamiliar, the Pokemon Adventures series is a whole graphic novel uh, manga series that was basically created to kind of coincide with the game. So these are all world building for the video games themselves. Um, it started all the way back with, uh, I, I believe there was a a red and green first and then yellow. And that kind of told the story of how the game would play out. So kind of deepening the lore compared to uh, especially important back then when the games weren't quite as rich in their capacity to provide storytelling. You just had kind of hints of things. Um, So there's there's been a whole adaptation all the way through basically for each mainline story game, but they take some time to produce. So they've just gotten caught up to X and Y this follows x he was a pokemon trainer child prodigy he hated being in the spotlight so he took to hiding in his room and avoiding everyone including his best friend y but now a surprise attack has brought x out of hiding and now it's up to x to use the skills that made him the champion to defeat the threat looming over Town. so uh this is another one that's just kind of gotten started as well so if you want to dive in um, I think at this point, I don't, there weren't any references that I caught in the first couple issues of this that harkened back to any of the earlier parts of the series. But if you want to dive in and just kind of see, these are totally different. <laughs> it's, uh, it is light. It is rated as juvenile. Uh, overall, it's really fun if you're a fan of the series and if you're just interested in, you know, a little more content, it's a good way to get it. So that's uh, Pokemon Adventures X and Y.
3: That that feels like the Ninja Turtles feels like for me. <laughs> absolutely.
1: It's absolutely what it is for me as well. <laughs>
0: um, so I want to talk about the Shadow Hero. And this is by Jin Luen Yang. Uh, you probably know him for American Born Chinese or Dragon Hoops. He is a prolific author. And this is him stepping a bit into the superhero uh, comics. This is by this series is by First Second. It's published by First Second. It was published in 2014 originally. And what I love about this comic is that Yang took a comic from I think like the 1940s and redid it. He gave an origin story to this superhero, uh, the Green Turtle, and it's just so good. I love the history and the mythology that he builds into this. The characters are fantastic. This is about um, a young Chinese-American man in probably like I don't know, the 50s or 60s, maybe a little earlier. It's probably, honestly, the 1940s, since that's originally when this came out. Uh, and he works at a grocery store that his father owns um, in Chinatown. And his mom one day decides that he should be a superhero. And it just so happens that his father was followed from China to America by this um, chinese spirit and it helps imbue him with powers and abilities and it is just great definitely kind of gives me spider-man vibes just in the like kid who probably shouldn't have these powers and is learning what to do with them um and like trying to do good for his his part of town so i love this comic uh, it's been a few years since I've read it, but it's a really good one.
1: I absolutely love the art style as well. It's really striking to look at. Yeah,
0: it's beautiful. Um, oh. I think he just does a great job of uh, like taking his Chinese heritage and imbuing mm-hmm. that into his comics and graphic novels. Um, if you haven't read Jean uh, Luen Yang, I would highly suggest his stuff. American Born Chinese is also an excellent graphic novel.
2: Yeah, that sounds really good. Uh, my next one is Black Heroes of the Wild West by James Otis Smith. This is, okay, so this is classified as juvenile nonfiction and biography and autobiography, but I think it's one of those books that um, can be read by all ages because it is all about, um, you know, sort of exploring American history and three Black heroes who were around during the Wild Wild West, stagecoach Mary Bass Reeves Reeves, and Bob Lemons. Along with sort of telling this story through graphic images, um, like a graphic novel, there are black and white photographs of these individuals also in there, a lot of history um, just sort of about these individuals. And I, I think what I like about this is that, and admittedly, this is just part of my own privilege. is like, when you think about the wild, wild west, I, you have a very like white idea of who was around then, which doesn't make any sense, of course there were like black people doing things the same things that white people were doing. Um, And, but because of the times, you know, some of these like stagecoach, Mary was born into slavery. Um, Bass Reeves was the first black deputy U.S. Marshal West of the Mississippi. Bob lemons lived to be 99 years old and was good with the horses and the wild Mustangs and um, of, of Texas and all that. So This is just, I I love this because again, I think despite the fact that it's classified as juvenile nonfiction or for juveniles, there is a lot in here that anyone of any age can get information from um, and read it. So it came out in 2020, uh, published by Toon Books. And I just, yeah, it was super informative. And this is one of those books where I'm like, I know several children I would love to buy this for, just because I think you would like, They would would enjoy reading it. And I love that there are photographs included in there of these these people.
1: Another really striking one. The juxtaposition is super cool just to flip through and see illustration and then right into photographs. And yeah, I think not only is our view of the Wild West really whitewashed, it's also really like heteronormative and uh, i there's just a lot of a lot of things we need to break down and when we think of uh, the old
2: west exactly yeah
1: i want to talk about radiant black
3: um i don't know if you guys have heard of that but it's a newer like hero comic um i can i i, I just this is one i just started uh and uh so i have not very far but i can really uh, empathize with the main character the main character is 30 he moved to la to become a writer and has not succeeded in getting published yet um as someone who has written a book and hasn't hasn't i haven't pushed to get it published yet uh but i i need to um and at least try you know uh but uh, i can really empathize with the guy because he's having trouble like like putting himself out there and, and and uh and pushing through that uh that sea of rejections that he's going to get as a writer um and uh he's kind of going through all this when he discovers, um, a strange thing floating in the air after a night of drinking with his friend. And it's a, it looks like a tiny black hole and, and he touches it and becomes a superhero. And, uh, and now he's got to figure that out. So it's got kind of a similar vibe, um, to what Kristen was talking about, where he's got powers all of a sudden and needs to figure out what to do with them. I like it. Cause he's not like a, it's not your traditional, archetype that has discovered these powers. It's like I said, he just moved back in with his parents. His his life he's in massive credit card debt. It, it, like these are all very real things that I think people can identify with and empathize with. Um and uh the artwork's really cool, which really helps. Uh and uh yeah it's it's a. Uh, it, it just seems it seems like it's gonna be a really cool series. So uh there's three books so far. Um and they're their collected editions, sorry. There's three collected editions, lots of issues, uh, but you know me, I like to read the graphic novel version. Uh, so
1: yeah, yeah, it looks really good. That's really cool. Uh, we love we love anything relatable. Sometimes it's just nice to be seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm reading this and I'm like, I get this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I am gonna go right into another really relatable title. Uh, This is Spy Family. (laughs) Not related at all. Uh, So for those of you uh, furiously typing in Libby, it's Spy X Family, but you just pronounce it Spy Family. This is Tatsuya Endo. So Spy Family, super cool. There's about seven volumes out right now um, in English already ready to go. So, you know, a few more to get through, but only only like a hundred or so pages. It's not too bad. But this is the story of Twilight he is not one to depend on others and he's got his work cut out for him procuring both a wife and a child for his mission to infiltrate an elite private school what he doesn't know is the wife he's chosen is an assassin and the child he's adopted is a telepath so basically we've got our spy Twilight who has to build a family to execute this mission he doesn't realize that both of the people he's chosen for his family you know have some have some things of their own a mind reader and an assassin all to infiltrate the prestigious eden academy to get close to his target donovan desmond but has he ruined his daughter anya's chances with his outburst during the admissions interview perhaps the truly impossible mission this time is making sure both anya becomes an exemplary student and befriends donovan's daughter, or donovan's arrogant son damian uh so yeah this is uh, this is a tough one to describe because it sounds super serious in the fact that it is like a spy novel but it's honestly it's camp it's a lot of comedy it's a lot of humor around it he's trying to be a spy every cover seems super serious and then it's kind of a little more like hilarity ensues so each collected volume is uh You know them trying to execute this mission properly and something happening or you know another twist being thrown in so what's happening between his daughter and his target son you know what is it the what are the perils of having an assassin for a fake wife you know just some just some fun things and a really cool just a really cool new series there has been a lot of like rumblings of this around the space for those of us who read manga, and uh, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Spy Family. I highly recommend it. I've had a lot of fun. Kristen, mm-hmm. it, uh, I, I'd say let's do last title.
0: <laughs> um, I will end on another horror, the way I started. Um, so this is Harrow County by Colin Bunn, And it is a Dark Horse Comics published title. Uh, The first volume was published in 2015. Uh, There are a few volumes of this, many issues of it. And this is the story of Emmy, who uh, discovers that something sinister uh, is living in like the woods around her. And they... This takes place in the South. I cannot remember exactly what state it's in, but uh, the monsters and spirit things that live in the woods, they call them haunts, H-A-I-N-T-S, uh, which I just found very, like, it gives you the feeling of that place. I loved it. And I absolutely devoured the first volume and then immediately had to go into the next ones not usually my series reader hooked me and what I love the most about it is that it creates a mythology, a folklore these kind of legends that feel like they might be partly set in our world and it slowly unravels that while also adding more on um, so that's something I love in my fantasy I love in my horror and this is a series that very much does that so if you are looking for something that does have that deeper creepy uh folklorish kind of vibe to it, this series is amazing. I loved it so much and yes it is creepy but it's so much fun
1: oh my my poor to be read list because <laughs> I just I searched for Harrow County and the covers are all stunning this is this is nancy drew this is hardy boys that's what that's the vibe i get just kind of from the art style on the cover like those good old illustrated like you know the house on the high high hill and whatever (laughs) but what would you say that the the cover art kind of matches the style throughout
0: yeah for sure so
1: cool Mm -hmm. okay beautiful (laughs) and creepy (laughs) And mythological, and like you said, a little bit hainted. Love that.
0: Yeah, hainted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know now Jill's like hearing I know, through like,
2: all of them. I'm, <laughs> I'm very clearly looking at these images. of like the covers and the graphic. These look so good. But you're right. They do. They remind me of like original Nancy Drew covers from like the 50s. Um, okay, so my last one is actually like my favorite graphic novel of all times and that is bingo love by t franklin this is uh came out in 2018 by image comics this is about hazel and marie they are uh, two black women and when they were girls they met at church bingo in 1963 and it was love at first sight but it was also 1963 and so they were forced apart by their families and society, and both Hazel and Marie went on to, you know, marry men and have families. And then decades later, now that they're in their their mid-60s, they are reunited at church bingo. um, And it's sort of, you know, this chance for a, a second chance. And I love, I love the story. I love the illustrations. I love I love everything about bingo love. It's just, it is, it is so good. It's just delightful. Um, and you should read it. So
1: there you go. I, I read it after Kristen did, <laughs> Kristen unmuted so fast. Kristen brought it up on our last, um, our last comic one. And I was like,
2: yes. I don't <laughs> I just mention it again because it's in the comic sale. And so I'm like, As you should. if you don't have it, you should have it. Yeah. 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 So good. Oh
1: yeah, I'm here to fully support that. Like, yeah, we're gonna mention it again because this is that good put it in your cart oh, check yes. out librarians
0: that's right it so, is a beautiful story i love it so much yes yes
2: yes and a fun fact the illustrator um jen satan she does um she'll do customs and so i 100 have a image illustrated of me and my husband and uh four of our cats that she did <laughs> And I was just like, yes, I want a custom illustration from you because
0: you did bingo love. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is incredible and like very touching that it's like you got someone who is your favorite writer, illustrator to make something so personal. Yep.
3: I'm i going to, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna cheat if it's okay with you guys and do a lightning round uh, because the rest of the books that I had in mind are all on my to read list. So I don't know a lot about them anyway. Um, so, uh, one, I'll start with the one that's most obvious. I haven't read the Sandman by Neil Gaiman yet. I don't know why I haven't read that yet, but I'm going to, because it's Neil Gaiman and that's it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Neil coming out
0: awesome.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I really, I really got to get on that. It's been on my to read list forever. I don't know why I haven't gotten to it. The next one I want to mention is Preacher, which is another pretty famous uh, comic book series. I want to read it because it's controversial, and I like the idea of a preacher suddenly being like, all the people that come to church on Sunday are kind of jerks and do bad things throughout the rest of the week. But it's also, it's a preacher that's been possessed that's allowing him to to come to these realizations, and yeah, that sounds interesting to me. Um, There's another one called A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance which is uh, one of the creators there is also the guy that did Deadly Class. Um, So that's how I kind of cross shopped that one. And it sounds really interesting as well. And the artwork looks awesome. Um, And the last one I mentioned is Deep Beyond. Uh, I haven't read this one yet because it feels a little too close to home. There's a virus that devastates everybody and then scientists have to deal with it. Uh, And people, even after the devastation of the planet, are still fighting like morons about stupid things. And I feel like that's something I can really identify with, but also it's very close to reality, uh, in a scary kind of way. So I haven't read it yet because I kind of, I got to work up to that. (laughs)
1: Just a, Uh, just a little too close to home right now.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, that's my lightning round. Um, I
1: cheated. Sorry. Hey, that's okay. (laughs) We, We love a lightning round and you know, listeners, you got some, got some bonus listens today. Uh, my last title, uh, uh, this also feels like cheating, but this is a book translated into a graphic novel. This is Fangirl by Sam Mags, and it's illustrated by Gabby Nam. Now, yeah, if you, good. yeah, exactly. If you didn't read the original book, maybe the graphic novel is your way in. But Kath doesn't need friends in real life. She has her twin sister, Ren, and she's a popular fanfic writer in the Simon Snow community with thousands of fans online. But now that she's in college, Kath is completely outside of her comfort zone. There are suddenly all these new people in her life. She's got a surly roommate with a charming boyfriend, a writing professor who thinks fan fiction is the end of the civilized world, a handsome new writing partner, and she's barely heard from Ren all semester. This is rated teen plus as well, but uh, super beautiful to see this kind of translated, taking such a popular work. and it was, it was just really excited. I, I was really excited, super exciting to see this kind of become serialized. I am looking forward to seeing how some of the other volumes turn out.
2: Yeah, I, I like, yeah, I'm a huge, like Fangirl is one of my absolute favorite books and it's probably my favorite Rainbow Rowell book. And I love the way that this sort of plays, I don't want to say mixed medium because it's all, it's just not panels, I guess is what I'm saying. Like they really play right. with the idea of like the Simon Snow universe and and the fact that these books exist within this book um and and how they handle that is is really fun
1: yeah i really i I really appreciated this and i yeah i guess it's it's not really even so much an adaptation as if it's like almost an expanded or alternate universe of the same i I don't know like words aren't words aren't coming to me in a in a proper way to describe this other than like honestly you should pick it up (laughs) all right we have a few seconds left any other titles y'all need to shout out Kristen, I'm sure. I'm sure there's at least one more on that list.
0: Yeah, there, there is. Um, I just want to talk about Mouse Guard. I don't know if anyone here has ever read it. It's by David Peterson, published by Boom Studios in 2007. This is an adorable graphic novel. There are two volumes of it. Um, And it is perfect for, uh, I'd say, like, YA, upper middle school, and, of course, adults. And I'd say this is for anyone who was a Redwall fan, anyone who is into, um, I'd say, like, the Tolkien universe as well. But it's basically about a bunch of mice who have become uh, mouse guards who basically protect their kingdom and the story basically takes place with these, I think it's three mice who are going out on a mission to try and find someone who went missing. And it it kind of continues on from there. They discover there is a sinister plot in the kingdom. It's adorable. And it's also beautifully illustrated.
1: If there's an opportunity to shout out Redwall in an episode, we should always take it. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Well, thank you all for joining me today to talk about comics again. I, yeah, I I did do it again. This was an oops all manga for me, but y'all brought, I at least brought some different age ranges. Y'all brought the diversity across different formats. That's why I have guests.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I do feel a little bad we didn't mention Hellboy, but I mean, if you haven't read Hellboy at this point,
1: <laughs> there's your mention. <laughs> It, right, there's there's the mention we got it in and uh, we can always do this again <laughs> yeah yeah well listeners thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of course remember you can rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts follow us on social media we're on instagram twitter and tiktok at pro Book nerds and of course if you want to reach out to us nerds you can send us an email professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com with all of that said, thank y'all once again and happy reading.
2: Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerd is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website Next Best Picture.